Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in, podcast listeners. We're getting you ready for the NCAA Tournament's Final Four. How impressive was Auburn's run? How about Texas Tech and Chris Beard going to their first ever Final Four? And Who's more overrated, John Calipari or Jim Harbaugh? It's Outkick the Coverage. No guests, just me and you hanging out for three hours on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy the podcast. Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. I hope you guys are having a fantastic Monday morning. We are here in the Geico Outkick Studios. What an incredible weekend of NCAA tournament basketball. Usually, I always say the NCAA tournament peaks on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the opening weekend of the tournament. In fact, I said that a couple of weeks ago. I said the NCAA tournament is unique because usually it's better at the beginning than it is at the end. And most everything else in sports is better at the end than it is at the beginning. Nobody sits around like, man, I can't wait for that opening weekend of the NBA playoffs. Nobody out there is like, man, you know what really kills? Wild card weekend in baseball. Usually the wild card weekend in the NFL, the playoffs, not the best weekend of the playoffs in the NFL. But usually the NCAA tournament opens with the best weekend, not this year. This year, this might have been the best collection of Elite Eight games we've ever seen. If you watched them on Saturday and if you watched them on Sunday, I'm going to break them down with you in order because I thought there was so much going on. I want to start with Purdue, Virginia, which was an epic game. An absolute battle throughout. Carson Edwards, if you weren't watching this game, you need to get on YouTube. 
like my kids do every morning and go look at the highlights of the three-point shots that he was making. If you question my thesis that Steph Curry is the most influential basketball player of his generation in terms of changing the way we play the game, go watch Carson Edwards. There's no way he's taking the shots he's taking if Steph Curry didn't exist. Steph Curry has fundamentally changed the way that we play basketball forever. He's expanded the floor. He's turned kids into long-range assassins. Everybody wants to be Steph Curry. And my thesis on this is because everybody in theory can be Steph Curry. He's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, he's not the fastest, he's just the best shooter. He's 6'3", 6'4", great handles, but really what defines him is ability to shoot, and he has taken over the NCAA tournament. Everybody wants to be Steph, and in the game down the stretch, Steph Curry was living inside of Carson Edwards, but in the end, a couple of things had to conspire to allow Purdue to lose that game. First of all, I think it was the right decision by Matt Painter and Purdue to foul at the end of this game. I understand that there's a lot of people out there who look at results as opposed to process. I tend to be a process over results guy. Let me explain why. You can make a decision that is a bad one from a probability perspective and still end up end up with the best result. But it doesn't mean you made the right decision. Let me give you an example. I was just out in Vegas doing the show, as many of you know. I sat down at the blackjack table with a couple of buddies Friday night to celebrate the television show being over. Uh, Charlie Dixon, who runs uh, programming for Fox Sports uh, FS1, and Cousin Sal and I are sitting at the same table. Uh, While we're sitting there, there is a guy next to Charlie who is making the wrong decision consistently in terms of when to hit on his blackjack hand. It is infuriating if you have ever been in that spot. And I'm not talking about like deciding whether or not to hit on 16 when it's a totally unclear result. I'm talking about the dealer is showing a 5, you've got a 12, and you're hitting. Now, Several times he hit and he got an eight. One time he hit and he got a nine. He went from a 12 to a 21 against a dealer's five or six. The play beyond a shadow of a doubt if a dealer is showing a five or six is and you can take a hit and bust, you don't hit, right? You can hit and you might get lucky But from a probabilistic perspective, you shouldn't hit. The same thing was true of Purdue down the stretch. Matt Painter and Purdue made the right decision to to foul UVA there in that situation. And then UVA hits the first free throw. Then the second free throw is attempted, intentionally missed, back tapped. Ball is retrieved in the backcourt. Incredible pass all the way to the front court, boom, shot gets hit for the tie. A lot of people in my mentions don't understand probability, and so they were saying, oh, you never should have fouled there. Undoubtedly the right decision to foul there. Unfortunately for Purdue, 
the breaks didn't go for them. They lost a close game after beating Tennessee in a close game in the Sweet 16 when the breaks did go for them. And irony of all ironies, Ryan Klein, who couldn't miss against Tennessee and looked like Larry Bird incarnate, missed a free throw that would have put Purdue into their first Final Four since the 1980s. Brutal miss there for Purdue, but it was still the right decision to foul in that scenario. The odds of UVA hitting a three and tying that game are infinitely higher than the odds of UVA making a free throw, intentionally missing, getting a rebound, and getting a shot made at the buzzer to put that game into overtime. Now, Doug Gottlieb tweeted this out, and I do think it's instructive because we got a lot of people out there playing high school basketball. We got a lot of people out there coaching high school basketball. A lot of people listen every morning to us on their way to school. This is an intriguing idea that I haven't seen happen before. What Purdue could have done to maximize their chances after the first free throw by Virginia was made, intentionally commit a lane violation. That way, the second free throw automatically counts and then you get possession back with UVA having to foul you and you don't give up an opportunity for that back tap there for UVA to get the tie at all. Then you get the advantage of potentially he'll miss the first free throw, but you guarantee yourself possession still up one point. The best possible play there for Purdue was to intentionally get a lane violation to avoid that scenario. Pretty fascinating, right? Because I don't think you can go back and take back that uh, that miss. Now, I guess it would go on and on because they could keep missing and you could keep lane violating, right? Uh, in- until they actually made the free throw uh, accidentally. But why not do that? You saw down the stretch, if you were watching, that I believe it was Duke accidentally made the second free throw and they were trying to miss it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in, uh, in, that, uh, in that game against Michigan State. But I loved what Purdue did there. Matt Painter made the right decision. It just didn't work out. How about Chris Beard and Texas Tech? Chris Beard, given his age, might be the best basketball coach in all of college if you could buy stock in anyone. Chris Beard last year takes Texas Tech, which is an afterthought typically in the Big 12 by and large historically. He takes them to the Elite Eight. This year he replaces almost the entire team and he takes them to the Final Four. He is only 46 years old. 46-year-old Chris Beard uh, pretty incredible accomplishment by him. Congrats to Texas Tech on advancing to the Final Four. Now, what about Sunday's games? I got to dive in and say it. John Calipari is the most overrated coach in college basketball. Guy makes $9 million a year, highest paid coach in college basketball, hasn't been an underdog in a game in the NCAA tournament in years, and Bruce Pearl and Auburn, even with the awful injury that we saw at the end of the UNC game to Chuma Okiki, comes back 
and beats John Calipari and advances the Auburn Tigers to the Final Four, the first of their entire history as a program. What an incredible run for Auburn. They beat Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky, the three winningest programs in the history of college basketball, back-to-back-to-back to advance to the Final Four and overcame that insane injury. Bruce Pearl, by the way, texted me last night. He said he's going to come on with us Wednesday morning. So you can put that on the uh, on the flow chart uh, of uh, he's still celebrating. Um, but he'll be on with us Wednesday, and uh, we'll break down the final four with him. Incredible run by Auburn. I think when you look at what Bruce Pearl has accomplished, uh, I'd love to see him get a national championship. I'm betting on him in that game against UVA. Uh, I think that Auburn is a white-hot team right now, and I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen in that contest. Now, Michigan State-Duke. Duke had been living on the edge. They were fortunate to beat Central Florida. They were fortunate to beat Virginia Tech, and it caught up with them against Michigan State. Tom Izzo was 1-11 all-time against Coach K., Finally gets the win, big time three. Down the stretch, I got a couple of stats for you here for Duke. If you want to criticize the situation with Duke, Duke lost three games with Zion Williamson in the lineup this year. R.J. Barrett went, and this is according to Roger Sherman from The Ringer, R.J. Barrett went 0 for 9 in the final minute of those three games. The rest of the team had three total shots, Zion had one. So if you want to point to any particular issue on what happened with Duke, RJ Barrett 0 for 9 in the final minute of the three losses and the rest of the team had three total shots, Zion had one. Now if you're watching the end of this game, Zion had the ball in his hands and passed it to RJ Barrett instead of trying to put the ball on the floor and go to the basket. So you can criticize coach K if you'd like in that scenario. But Zion had the ball left side of the court at the three-point line. Could have either taken a three himself or probably in a better spot, put the ball on the floor and tried to go to the basket. Instead, he kicked it to R.J. Barrett. Barrett put up the three and missed. So uh, that is intriguing. The one-and-done era in general. Stat for you. Michigan State, one freshman starter. Auburn. Zero freshmen in the rotation. Texas Tech, one freshman in their rotation. Virginia, one freshman starter. Zero one-and-done players in the Final Four. Why is that? I think ultimately, one-and-done is very often a fallacy. You end up getting exposed down the stretch. Sometimes, the one-and-done players can work out. Most of the time, i.e., look at John Calipari, they do not work out. You need a mixture, most of the time, of veterans maybe interspersed with some young guys. Duke was about as talented of a team as it could be with one-and-done players. Didn't work out for them. They weren't a good enough outside shooting team. And ultimately, Michigan State was just a little bit tougher against them down the stretch. Going to bring in the crew when we return uh, to uh, to break this down. I have Dub on a research assignment 
when was the last time John Calipari was an underdog in the NCAA tournament? I think the result's going to stun you. We'll break down the Kentucky collapse yet again. Is John Calipari the most overrated coach in college basketball? I think the answer is yes. I think he's right up there with Jim Harbaugh, who is the most overrated coach in all of college football. We'll also open up your phone lines, 877-996-6369, and see if the phones actually work. All that more as we continue Monday edition Outkick the Coverage. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't just stop there. With their powerful matching technology, they scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, they analyze each one at ZipRecruiter and spotlight the top candidates so you never miss a great match. And they're so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-L-A-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Clay. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Uh, Last night, I was kind of curious by this. Who will you be rooting for in the Final Four? 26,000 of you voted. I put up this poll question last night. You can go find me on Twitter at Clay Travis. Uh, Texas Tech, Michigan State, Auburn, or Virginia. Now, it's possible my audience is slanted, but I think there are a lot of Alabama fans in my audience too, so I think that would cancel out. And Auburn got the most votes at 40% uh, overall. Texas Tech, 25%. Michigan State, 19%. Virginia, 16%. Fairly well uh, balanced voting. Uh, But the majority of you, according to the poll on Twitter, will be going for Auburn, followed by Texas Tech, Michigan State, and Virginia. Uh, Poll question that is up right now, which coach is more overrated? John Calipari who I think is the most overrated coach in all of college basketball, or Jim Harbaugh, who I think is the most overrated coach in all of college football. You can go vote on that uh, at Clay Travis. Dub, uh, we'll get to you about Auburn in a minute, but I asked you the question, when's the last time John Calipari and Kentucky were not favored in the NCAA tournament? How far back do you have to go? Well, the last time is in 2017 when they played UNC in the Elite Eight. UNC was the one seed. They were three-point favorites. UNC was. They lost that game. Kentucky did. But before that, you got to go all the way back to 2014, the Sweet 16, where they played Louisville as five-point underdogs, and they actually won the game. That's the year they made the deep run all the way to the final game uh, as the eight seed. So uh, two times in the last five years they've been underdogs in the tournament. That's pretty crazy, Um, kind of putting in perspective how much Kentucky is usually favored. And by the way, this is interesting too. For the past two years, John Calipari likes to complain about uh, how awful his seating has been. Um, This, I thought, was was fairly indicative of the fact that that was not necessarily the case, certainly for the past two years. Kentucky's run in the last two years, uh, all right, are you? Uh, which I think is, is pretty intriguing. Kentucky's path 
uh, last year. They needed to beat Davidson, Buffalo, Kansas State, and then they would have needed to beat uh, uh, Loyola of Chicago to reach the Final Four. So in order to reach the Final Four last year, Kentucky needed to beat Davidson, Buffalo, Kansas State, and Loyola of Chicago. In order to reach the Final Four this year, Kentucky needed to beat Abilene, Christian, Wofford, Houston, and Auburn, a team they had already beat twice, including by more than 30 points the last time they played them. So uh, that in and of itself is intriguing. Now, Dub, you're an Auburn fan. Where does this Auburn basketball run rank for you compared to a big football win? Well, I just go back to my freshman year at Auburn. We did not win a single SEC game. We were like Vanderbilt, okay? Tony Barbie was the coach, is that right? That's correct, yeah. And then the next year, Bruce Pearl comes in, and here we are five seasons later with a regular season SEC title last year, an SEC tournament championship this year, and on top of that, a trip to the Final Four. And I got to tell you, this watching this team and this run has been probably the most exciting, most enjoyable uh, Auburn run I've been a part of. So, I mean, it's been pretty unbelievable. The 2010, I think it was, Auburn team that won the national championship with Cam Newton was undefeated, went 14-0, and was an exhilarating ride. If you had to trade, like you right now coming into football next year, how many wins in football is a Final Four run worth to you? I mean, this is like a 12-13 win. I mean, it's the same as getting to a college football playoff, in my opinion. I mean, a, yeah. a Final Four. I mean, I, I think it's on par with that. Because it is interesting. Some people would say, oh, you know, SEC schools don't care about basketball compared to football. But what's intriguing to me is, one, Greg Sankey has done a good job. Right, I mean, I think you got to give Greg Sankey a lot of credit for the, the – he's the commissioner of the SEC, how much better the SEC has gotten in basketball with the emphasis he's putting on it. But also the money that's rolling into the conference from the SEC network has led to a lot of really good hires. For instance, the expectation seems to be that, uh, that Buzz Williams is going to be moving from Virginia Tech to Texas A&M and they're going to be paying him a ton of money. Looks like Nate Oates going to replace Avery Johnson. Probably going to be a solid addition there. We'll see who Vanderbilt and uh, Arkansas end up hiring. But the pressure on SEC basketball coaches has ratcheted up to a large degree. And as a result, the overall talent in the conference, I think, has increased as well because coaching is the most important thing other than players and the coaches bring in the players. So uh, this is something that I think uh, where all of the money being produced by the SEC has overflowed from football and gone into basketball now, uh, and the result has been a lot of really good uh, basketball performances. Uh, all right, so uh, we got a couple of calls. People want to dive in uh, and and defend John Calipari. Who, who, and by the way, the phones still aren't working in Nashville. Update, what's the latest, Danny G.? Well, I know they're trying to get things settled down there with the not just gutting out Bobby Bones' studio, but also the studio that Dub usually works in. They are putting new phone systems inside 
all of the Nashville studios. So they're working out the very last of the kinks before we can have solid phones coming out of Nashville. So we are fielding all of our calls in uh, L.A. Yep. Uh, and theoretically, the phones will work in L.A. 877-996-6369. We just don't have as many lines, which is why I like using the Nashville phone lines. Uh, all right, who should we go to first? All right, let's go to Jeff in Kentucky. Jeff in Kentucky, what's up? Hey, how you doing, uh, Clay? I, I was just wanted to uh, uh, figure out what you was talking about, Calipari Pari, uh, being overrated. Yeah, he's the most what overrated aspect, coach in college basketball. In, in what aspect uh, do you believe he's, that, he's overrated? You guys consistently have the best talent and the best teams, and you lose. He's been to uh, seven uh, Elite Eights. Elite eights All right, in the hold on. In you guys in Kentucky, do you play to go to Elite Eights? Well, we play. Everybody plays to win championships, uh-huh. but and he's he, won one championship, championship in ten years, it, it, and you pay him nine million dollars a year. Well, in this tar- oh, well, what coach would you say is uh, is more is better than Calipari? Oh, I think there are tons of coaches. Thanks for the call. I think there are tons of coaches that are better than John Calipari. He uh, right now, to in my opinion, John Calipari is a borderline top ten coach. Brings in a lot of talent, but he's paid way more than anybody else in college basketball. I think if you rake right now in college sports, the two most overrated coaches in all of college sports, John Calipari and Jim Harbaugh are by far the most overrated coaches in their respective uh, sides of the of the draw there. John Calipari is the most overrated coach in college basketball, consistently almost always has the best talent in college basketball every year, chokes when he gets to the tournament Kentucky fans well he gets to the elite eight well is your goal to get to the elite eight or are you trying to win championships because he's had an awful lot of talent to have one championship in a decade by far the most talent in college basketball over the last decade I'm not even sure if you combine the talent that Duke and UNC have had in the last decade whether they would have had as many first round draft picks combined as John Calipari by himself has had. Actually be a fun uh, a fun test if we want to put Dub really to work. In the 10 years that John Calipari has been at Kentucky, has he had more first-round draft picks than Duke and UNC combined? My bet would be yes. My bet would be that John Calipari has had more first-round draft picks in a decade at Kentucky than Duke and UNC have combined than any two schools at the very top. And I'm, I'm saying Duke and UNC because I think they're probably two and three would be my guess on most first-round draft picks over the last decade. Kentucky would clearly be one. I'd be stunned if it's anybody other than Kentucky. And then in two and three, I think would be Duke and UNC. So Calipari, I bet, has had more first-round picks than either of those guys. Now, Harbaugh has actually done much less than John Calipari, but he's also had a lot less talent in the grand scheme of things. But you would think, based on the media coverage of Jim Harbaugh, that he was the equivalent of Nick Saban or Urban Meyer. Somebody made a funny comment already in uh, on Twitter and said, well, John Calipari's way better than Jim Harbaugh because at least he can beat Ohio State. Not a bad line there. Urban Meyer still owns Jim Harbaugh, and now he's retired. But I think if you look at the amount of attention that these two guys get relative to their performances, 
John Calipari's big flaw is the amount of talent he has brought in relative to the results. He's brought in more top talent in college basketball than I think any other two programs have combined over the last decade, and he's won one championship. First-round talent. Meanwhile, Jim Harbaugh has sold everybody on this bill of goods that he's going to win a championship at, uh, at Michigan. He hasn't even won his division yet. Jim Harbaugh, insanely overrated. Every time he plays against somebody who's decent, his team loses year after year after year. And I don't know that there's anybody else even close to the overrated level. Who else would you even put in that equation for college basketball and college football? I don't think there's any doubt. 877-996-6369. We can take your calls. I'll eventually go to Dub after his research project is done. Somebody else out there who can be faster than Dub, you can go hit me on Twitter if you know the answer for first-round draft picks in the last decade uh, between John Calipari and the any other two teams combined. I'm guessing that Duke and UNC uh, have produced the most first-round picks outside of Kentucky over the last decade. Uh, both in the Sweet 16, honestly, you had the blowout of uh, Michigan by Texas Tech, and Michigan State really kind of handled LSU fairly easily. The other Sweet 16 games were pretty outstanding. Uh, I know Gonzaga, maybe they were okay. They didn't really, Florida State didn't make a great run, but that game was at least somewhat competitive. All of the Elite Eight games were outstanding. Uh, we're talking about who is the most overrated coach in college sports right now. I've given you two options, Jim Harbaugh or John Calipari. You're open to being able to uh, to argue anyone else. Let me bring in the crew here. Uh, Danny G, what stood out to you uh, about the, uh, the the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight? Well, you led by talking about him. Carson Edwards, 28 three-pointers in four games, which is a tournament record. Amazing. And he also can drive to the hoop. How busy he is on the floor, diving for balls. Also, his defense, he looks like he's going to be a great NBA player. Also, that Tariq Owens block was pretty ill in the Texas Tech-Gonzaga game. Yeah, what but, sucked, though, was Yeah, how he came down out of bounds. I know. The second half of the play there's shouldn't lot, have counted. There's a lot of bad officiating, man, in college <laughs> basketball. I mean, it is just – the and, and I think it gets magnified because the uh, so many of these games, when you get to the Sweet 16, are really close. So it, we, we you don't notice as much – bad officiating if somebody's winning by 15 or 20 it doesn't typically matter that much if somebody misses a call but there are just a lot of really bad blown calls I feel like in college basketball Uh, and we focus a lot on the NFL and the errors that are made there and, and other sports but college basketball to me and certainly God knows we focus on the NBA a great deal because sometimes it feels like the WWE but at least when those errors take place, let's say in the NBA playoffs, it's typically a seven-game series, so any one individual call doesn't have the same weight. When it's one and done in the NCAA tournament, it's really tough down the stretch um, you know, to, to, to make decisions about what calls are going to be made and which, and which calls aren't going to be made. Now, I notice as the, as the tournament progresses, the amount of calls typically that are made decline precipitously, and in fact, that caught up with Duke at the end yeah. of the game against Michigan State. They couldn't foul. Uh, they did foul, but they had to foul two or three more times in order to get into the one-and-one one 
because they'd only been called, I think, for three fouls or four fouls during the course of the entire second half. So at the end of the game, when Michigan State got possession, uh, they tried to foul, and they fouled once, and they had another inbounds play, and the game was over. Plus, they called Zion for uh, offensive push-off he had, which he was trucking down the lane. And what was it just a few days ago on the air, you were complaining that maybe there could have been some calls going against him. Well, I thought in the game against UCF yeah. that Zion charged on the first defender for UCF. Uh, that, and they didn't call it. They let it kind of go. And then um, and then at the rim, he got the and one, missed the free throw, but they got the rebound and put it back in. But uh, yep. but they didn't call hardly anything. That, that Michigan State and Duke game was a war on the basketball court. I mean, those guys were mauling each other. They didn't call hardly anything either way, um, and uh, and and sometimes that's uh, I think kind of preferable if you're going to set the tone. Just make sure you go both ways evenly. With 12 minutes left, how about that rebound Zion went up for? Those super hops looked like he was going to hit his head on the very top of the backboard. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a freakish athlete, and I think the question now will be how much of his freakish athleticism is going to translate into the NBA and. How hard is he going to work once he gets there? And what's his body actually going to look like as he becomes a man? I mean, he's 18 years old. And I know physically you look at him now and you think, oh, my God. But he's got baby fat on him. I mean, he's still a young guy. And so how hard is he going to work in the NBA? You see so many guys that make the NBA. And they redo, remake their entire bodies. They start eating healthier. They're training better. uh, They get all the best, uh, all the best, you know, supplements and and training regimens and everything else you can possibly imagine so he's already a freakish athlete I think the question is how's he going to project and certainly that's going to be a major point of discussion as we figure out who wins the draft lottery and the assumption seems to be that he's going to go one John Morant's going to go two uh, but who will end up winning the Zion lottery because that's effectively what it is uh, as we go forward. We'll take your calls, 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. Southgate, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Dub, I was asking the question to try to contextualize the overall Sweet 16 and Elite 8 and the performances over the years. John Calipari now has been at Kentucky for 10 years. This will be his 10th NBA draft. And I was curious how many first-round draft picks he's had during that time as it compares to Duke and UNC. You've done the math. What are the results? So the 2010 NBA draft would have been John Calipari's first. Yes. And since then, Kentucky, 25 first-round draft picks selected into the NBA draft. Duke has had 17, and North Carolina has had 10. So he's almost got the same total of Duke and UNC combined, too short of their combined total. All right, so that kind of puts into perspective the talent, right? Imagine how good a Duke-UNC all-star team would have been. Effectively, that's the talent that John Calipari has had to coach with over the last 10 years. So when I say he is overrated, that puts him into context. Over the last nine years of the draft, and obviously the 10th year of the draft will be in June, Kentucky has averaged just shy of three first-round picks every year. Duke and UNC combined have averaged right at three first-round picks a year. So when you consider how John Calipari has done, Roy Williams has three titles. 
Coach K has two titles. Four of those titles have come roughly in that 10-year period. Imagine how many titles either Coach K or Roy Williams would have if they had had their two teams combined throughout the entirety of that 10 years. Do you think they would have more than one title if we had combined the best of Duke and UNC into one super team for those 10 years? I think just about everybody out there is like, yeah, they would have had more than one title. I mean, they had four as two separate teams. How many titles would they have if we put all that talent onto one team and either gave Roy Williams or Coach K the keys to drive that team? As it compares to Kentucky, which has had 25, basically the exact same number of first-round draft picks. So, again, when you contextualize what exactly John Calipari has done, it's not just that he's had the most talent. It's that he's had more talent just about by himself than the second and third best programs in college basketball have had over the past decade. I think it's hard to argue that he hasn't underachieved relative to the amount of talent he has had. Again, easy question. What if Duke and UNC was one team over the last decade and they had all of those same first-round talents? You just heard. They would have had basically the same number of first-round draft picks and they won four titles during that period as separate teams how many teams titles would they have won if they were just one team? I think it's an interesting question. That's why our poll question is, which is the most overrated coach, John Calipari or Jim Harbaugh? Continue to take your calls. We'll roll into hour two, breaking down the Sweet 16. Also, I want to put on the lawyer hat here for a minute and think about this story that I think is kind of a mess and it hasn't gotten that much attention. It broke over the weekend did you guys see Kristaps Porzingis, who was traded to the Dallas Mavericks? There's an outstanding rape claim against him uh, that just went public over the weekend. The Dallas Mavericks decided to trade per- for Porzingis. They knew about this already. The NBA Players Association has also released a statement about this. We'll break down that story for you. I'll put on my lawyer hat. We'll also continue to break down the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. All that and more still coming your way. Appreciate you spending your Monday morning with us. This is Outkick the Coverage. Encourage you to go download your uh, podcast. Podcast continues to soar in popularity. That's because of you guys. Make sure you don't miss any of our show on the podcast. Listen to 10 minutes, 15 minutes on your way to work. You can listen to all three hours. Just search out Outkick or Clay Travis. Final second hour next. Diving into Chris Epps, Porzingis, and the Sweet 16. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, we're on Nationwide. Appreciate you listening to us in all 50 states all over the world. We are hanging out with you, breaking down what was an incredible weekend of basketball. The Elite Eight, absolutely extraordinary. If you were fortunate enough to watch all the basketball games on Saturday or Sunday or both like I was, uh, congratulations to Auburn and to Texas Tech on their first trips to the Final Four. Incredible accomplishment for Chris Beard at Texas Tech and for Bruce Pearl at Auburn. We'll talk with Bruce Pearl later this week. He's going to come on the show as he's done several times 
here uh, recently down the stretch of March Madness. Michigan State outlast Duke gets the one-point win. Uh, Zion Williamson off to the uh, NBA will be a uh, number one overall pick, probably John Morant second, who will win that lottery will be a big uh, topic of discussion down the stretch here. Uh, and Virginia outlast Purdue in overtime. Extraordinary performance uh, there by both Purdue and Virginia. Uh, but Virginia gets a break uh, and what pretty extraordinary story, honestly, because I think Virginia is going to end up, if I had to pick right now, I think Virginia is going to end up winning the national championship. Now, I like Auburn, I've already told you, plus five and a half in that game that won't be played until Saturday. Uh, so I think Auburn will keep it close, but I think Virginia ultimately will will triumph there. And uh, and then I think we'll get a Virginia-Michigan State ch- title game, and I think Virginia will win it. So that would be my prediction right now for where we're headed in the Final Four. Uh, but we are breaking down uh, those games, discussing whether Kentucky fans should feel like they're getting their money's worth. They're paying $9 million a year now to John Calipari. I would argue that John Calipari is the most overrated coach in college basketball and that Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in college football. Uh, That's the poll question that's up. The vast majority of you saying that Jim Harbaugh is more overrated than, uh, than John Calipari is. Uh, with right now, let's see, 5,000 of you have voted, 75% of you saying Jim Harbaugh is more overrated than John Calipari. I also asked you, uh, and a lot of you are voting in this, over 26,000 of you have voted, who will you be rooting for in the Final Four? 40% of you went Auburn, 25% of you Texas Tech, 19% of you Michigan State, 16% of you uh, rooting for Virginia. I think we got a couple of calls. Let's roll out the the callers. Who we got, Danny G? Let's go to Kevin in Chapel Hill. Kevin in Chapel Hill. What's up, Kevin? Hi. Great day to be here in the Piedmont and Triad area in North Carolina. Um, you know, I can't argue with the Cal thing, but I, you know, I have to say that my dislike for that team in Durham is is I have a bias. Coach K has to be in this in this conversation. I mean. He has three number one recruiting classes in the last three years, and he can't get out of the Elite Eight. You know, you give him an average team, and he's average at best. And, gosh, ESPN makes it so easy to dislike them. They had a freaking montage on their show this morning like they won the title. (laughs) It is is amazing how beloved Duke is by ESPN. I'm not sure that any program in America – gets more fluffing uh, than Duke basketball does by ESPN. But Coach K has 12 Final Fours during his tenure at Duke, which is tied, I believe, with John Wooden for the most in the history of college basketball. He has five national championships, uh, which is uh, what? You got Jay Wright with two. You got Roy Williams with three. Is there any uh, – Izzo's got one. Is there any other current college basketball coach with more than one title? I think that's it. So you got Coach K with five. You've got Roy Williams with three. And you got Jay Wright with two. Billy Donovan obviously has two, but he's not coaching in college basketball anymore. Am I missing anybody else out there who's got multiple national championships that's currently coaching? I know Jim Calhoun's got a couple. Um I think, and again, I don't have the stats in front of me right now. Somebody can chime in if they say otherwise. I think you mentioned you them got all. Them. 
Yep. I got them all there. So I so again, I understand the uh, the the uh, the the feeling that Duke is insanely overhyped, um, but when you look at what Coach K has done throughout his career, I mean he is the most successful living college basketball coach that is currently coaching. And there's not really a close second. I guess Roy Williams would be a close second. Maybe Jay Wright, if he could get a uh, a third title, could could be there. Um, you know, I mean, I think you can make an argument overrated wise for Bill Self in terms of what he's done in the NCAA tournament. Of course, he managed to beat John Calipari and come from nine points down to get his only title at Kansas. He's also won 14 straight prior to this year in the Big 12, but he hasn't been that great of a performer when he actually gets to the NCAA tournament. I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think Kansas people would even argue that. Uh, But he hasn't had anywhere near the same caliber of talent as John Calipari. Who else we got out there, Danny G? Darren in Kentucky. Darren in Kentucky. What's up? Hey, Clay. Just calling in. I totally agree with you. As a season ticket holder for the Wildcats, I'm fed up. Coach Cal is totally underperforming with the talent that he's bringing in. Number one recruiter, yes. X is an O coach, not even top ten. But who would we bring in, because we need a marquee name at the University of Kentucky, to the university as a coach? Is it Jay Wright? Is he going to leave Villanova? Is Billy Donovan going to come back to the NCAA? Yeah, it's a good, That's my question. Yeah, it's a good question. Let's say that John – well, first of all, John Calipari I don't believe is going to go anywhere because Kentucky's paying him $9 million a year to coach basketball which is, again, what I think you have to factor in here when you consider how you rate someone. If you are the highest paid at what you do, you should be substantially better than everybody else. For instance, I think Nick Saban is, alongside of Dabo Sweeney, unquestionably the two best coaches in college football. Right? I don't think anybody out there who's, who's uh, especially now with Urban Meyer gone, I don't think anybody else out there right now is anywhere near those two guys. Saban's the highest paid coach in college football because he's a lot older and he's been doing it longer than Dabo, right? But Saban, I feel like Alabama fans would say, you know what? Yeah, we get our money's worth. Nick Saban, whatever he's got, five national championships in the last 10 years, something like that, I think is the math, uh, and pretty extraordinary performances. And Dabo would be the second best, I would say, right now. And you can argue that Dabo has surpassed Nick Saban, right? You can at least make that argument. If John Calipari is going to make $9 million a year, to me, he needs to be unquestionably the best coach in college uh, basketball. And this is crazy, too, when you consider that football makes so much more money than basketball. It's a great stat that a lot of people don't know. You know Kentucky football makes more money than Kentucky basketball? That's how much bigger football is in general in terms of revenue and, and and interest and everything else that it produces. Even in the state of Kentucky, football, and not just this year when they were actually decent, but football in the SEC is so much of a bigger business than basketball that even in Kentucky, Mark Stoops' program is a bigger business than Kentucky basketball. Produces way more revenue, way more money. So if you look at it from the revenue perspective, and let's say that John Calipari left, I don't know where he would go because I don't know who would pay him anywhere near what Kentucky pays him. Like there was that rumor about him going to UCLA. UCLA doesn't have the money to pay him. 
The one that I think would be a little bit intriguing would be if Magic Johnson somehow decided to bring in John Calipari to be the coach of the Lakers and LeBron James. Remember there was that rumor a while back about John Calipari leaving and going to coach LeBron with the Cavs. That would just be extraordinary to see because I'd just love to see how that would play out. But absent something like that, I don't think John Calipari has anywhere to go where he can make anywhere near the same amount of money. And I don't want to be after taxes guy or property taxes guy or state income tax guy, but Lexington, Kentucky is an awesome town. $9 million a year in Lexington, Kentucky is like making $40 million a year and living in L.A. Some of you out there are rolling your eyes. I'm not kidding. Like, if you go to Lexington, Kentucky and see what you could do on $9 million a year in terms of the house you could have, the lifestyle you could have, 40 might be an exaggeration. It's 30. It's like making 30 million a year and living in the South Bay or Beverly Hills or uh, or uh, anywhere else in the high-end neighborhoods, Brentwood, wherever you want to live in the LA area. That's how the quality of living is. So I don't buy in that wet, that John Calipari is suddenly going to move to Westwood, take a lot less money, pay over half of that out in taxes, and live in an infinitely less desirable place. Now, if he got a job with the Lakers, maybe. That's a little bit of a different play because he could go to the NBA. But if he did decide to leave, if he did leave, who would you hire if you're Kentucky? I don't, I don't dislike making a run at Billy Donovan, right? I think that would be a phenomenal decision. Uh, maybe he decides he doesn't want to coach in the NBA anymore. Maybe he's burned out, doesn't think he's that close to winning a championship there in Oklahoma City. I think that could make a lot of sense to try to hire him back, and I think he would do incredibly well, and I think he's a phenomenal X's and O's coach, Billy Donovan. I really do. Uh, the other one I would make a run at is a guy like Chris Beard. Honestly. Young, so I was saying earlier, starting off the show, just took a Texas Tech to the Final Four. I'd be making a run at him if I was UCLA too. Anybody out there with big money to spend, uh, he is at the very top, I think, of anybody's list. Those would be the two names that I would put right at the top. I'd say you bring Billy Donovan back from the NBA or you get Chris Beard. I think both those guys would be substantial improvements from a pure coaching perspective. I think the challenge Kentucky's going to have a little bit is for a long time, nobody cared at all about basketball at a high level in the SEC. And Kentucky was able to just kind of dominate in the conference. I think the quality of coaching is going up in a big way. I think you look around this conference right now and Kentucky doesn't have the same easy pass that they've had in years past, right? Where they are undoubtedly the big dog and everybody else just kind of doesn't care. I mean, look at what Auburn did with Bruce Pearl. I mean, Frank Martin a couple of years ago took South Carolina to the Final Four. It sounds like you're going to get Buzz Williams to Texas uh, A&M from Virginia Tech. You've got uh, you had Will Wade doing a pretty good job before he he uh, may have well gotten fired at LSU. Rick Barnes doing a good job at Tennessee. Nate Oates I think is a pretty good hire at Alabama. The quality of coach has gone up substantially in the SEC, and I don't think John Calipari has really been able to rise to the challenge in the same way. Uh, we're going to continue to break this down. We'll continue to take your calls, 877-996-6369. Um, and we'll break down all that's going on in the uh, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. And I teased already, I want to get into this Kristaps Porzingis story because I do think it's really intriguing 
uh, the response so far by the Dallas Mavericks, by the Knicks, by the NBA Players Association. In fact, we'll hit that when we come back. But first, baseball season's here. This, this spring, may your barbecues be filled with family fun and delicious Farmer John meats. Farmer John may have started in Southern California in 1931, but now the whole country knows about Irish brothers Francis and Bernard Clowardy's expertise with a knife. They started with just a few pork bellies, and thanks to Farmer John's world-famous Dodger dogs, look at them now. By far the most delicious stadium hot dog, if you ask lots of people out there who've been all over Major League Baseball, they're now available in all participating AMPM store locations. Take it from the AMPM Tomb Dog Tomb Gis, Dodger Dogs. Yeah, Tomb Gis. Are, are too much stuff. It, wait, um, didn't you say you hated these things last Friday? No, I love them. Uh-huh. I'm going to be looking for a mouthwatering Dodger dog this spring, and you should be too. Go to FarmerJohn.com. That's FarmerJohn.com to find a location near you. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks 
tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installed near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Dodgers are not going to win the World Series. I don't care. I know you Dodger fans are optimistic. With Dodger you saying dog. that, they're definitely the going to win overrated, now. Most overrated stadium food ever. The Dodger dog, not even any good. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Clay, I don't like you being mad, especially early in the morning. What is the date on the calendar? April Fool's. <laughs> oh, you guys got me? Yeah, uh, shouts out to Scott Shapiro and, uh, and me. I wrote that copy yesterday. All right, yeah. all right. You guys got me. <laughs> Do you have audio of me ripping you for... No, I wish I did. Um, I wish that Roberto was recording you off the air there because Clay was furious right now. I had no idea. I'm so I glad no idea, that man. I can I, say... That's what you get for talking smack about the legendary Dodger dog, I Clay. thought I've been talking smack about the Dodger dog. The only thing we've ever gotten in trouble for on this show is when we rip when we rip the uh the so advertiser <laughs> was so mad. wow you were so mad yeah. oh i was furious so, so i was dude, really mad because so you cut dude. in the middle of the read i'm yeah. like well i know what i've said about the dodger dog but if they're gonna pay us a lot of money then, then you're i will sell out I'll, I'll sell out if you pay me enough money all right, I've been straightforward about this. If you pay me enough money, I will one billion percent say your product is good, even if I hate it. And if you have an issue with that, have an issue with capitalism. All right, like I, I don't, I don't get to just come on and just say what products I like. I, I advertise whatever people are willing to spend money with on the show. That's how the business works. So, yeah. uh, it, like, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to say the Dodger dogs are great now. <laughs> so, Took the eye out because it was, I was supposed to yeah. say I love Dodger dogs. They're the I best put in a the note, stadium. I put a note above the commercial read that says, please read verbatim. And so Clay gets to the part where he's supposed to say it's the best uh, stadium hot dog he's ever had. 
and you changed that part, but you read the rest of the Yeah, I changed yeah. it. I didn't lie. I mean, it's not very good. The Dodger Dog is the most overrated stadium food I've ever had in my career as a sports fan. How dare I you? I went to the Dodger Stadium. Well, hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah, right so, now. So listen, so I interrupt Clay during his read, which is a no-no, you know, and it remind him that he talked trash about the Dodger dog on Friday. So we go to commercial break and during the commercial clay he's like, why would you do that? You know we got in trouble before when, you know, we made fun of a sponsor. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Okay, yeah, sorry, won't do that. So we come back and right before the Ice Cube song, I play the clip of Clay dogging the Dodger dog on Friday and Clay was furious. He's like, what what just played? Did you not hear what I just said to you? We we could lose over a hundred thousand dollars. And then and then Roberto says, uh, your mic is hot. <laughs> You're live on the air. And I was just gonna flip it and start talking about Chris Tabs Porzingis like nothing had happened. Oh, that was beautiful. We had the worst copy ever made. Uh the worst advertising copy ever a, a few years ago. I don't maybe not even a few. Do you remember do you remember what the name of that movie was? Oh no! I know what you're talking about, though. It, yeah, it was. Uh... It was. It was an awful movie. <laughs> and whoever wrote the copy, like the ad for the movie, was the worst <laughs> copywriter in the history of mankind. And like, I read it, and I was like, "Does this person speak English? Have they graduated from high school?" Like this. And I anyway, I made fun of the movie, and they were furious that I made fun of the movie. Oh man, that's good. Uh, by the way, in that commercial copy. Clay read, everyone knows about the Irish brothers Francis and Bernard Clority's expertise with a knife. I have no idea. They started out with a few pork bellies. (laughs) I buy into that. Like, do you think, here, first of all. Actually, I took that information from the Farmer John website, so it's factual. There you go. So, again, if they wanted me to just write copy, I could advertise every product that is ever advertised on this show better. (laughs) Humbly. Humbly, I would be better at advertising and writing the copy for every advertiser that has ever appeared on this show. I'm not exaggerating. I think I would be better at that than most advertising executives are. I just think I would. I make a living as a writer. I make a living uh, selling my ideas. I can sell your ideas too, right? If they just said, hey, talk about this product. Here are three bullet points. Explain why it's good. I'd be able to do it. And I will say... Every product that I advertise, I have in my house because they send it out here. Like, I start off my morning with a Quip Electric toothbrush. I got the M Drive. You know, like everything that we advertise, I've got here in my house. So I am familiar with all of them. The Dodger Dog knew nothing about the Dodger Dog other than the fact that it's totally overrated. To Scott Shapiro's credit, like he emailed us last night saying, hey, Dodger Dog's coming on. It's a big advertising <laughs> sponsor. And I, my first yeah. thought when I saw this, that email early this morning at 3.30 when I woke up because I woke up in the middle of the night just wide awake for whatever reason. I'm reading that, and I'm like, man, I'm pretty sure I've ripped the Dodger dog on tell, on the radio for a while as being overrated. <laughs> yeah, our boss is a good sport, and uh, proof of that is he lets us all have jobs. Um, but the Dodger dog, uh, I saw, did you see, by the way, that uh, Rachel Bonetta, who was a big Duke oh, fan? I, yes. She was at the Dodger game yesterday, and she said she stayed. Was it hot in L.A. yesterday? It was. Yeah, yeah she said she stayed for the whole game because she left early uh, the last time she went for a Dodger game, and we found out about it. We ripped her, so she said she got sunburned and like, uh, and uh, and everything else. But I was thinking it was funny. Like, I think she had a picture of the Dodger dog uh, or hot dog or something here recently for the start of Major League Baseball season. And I got to say, Dodger dog insanely overrated. 
It's kind of tough to go from Dodger dog to rape charges. So let's go ahead and bring it. Well, for those for those that are just tuning in right now, Clay got got. This is what it sounded like. Baseball season's here. This, this spring, may your barbecues be filled with family fun and delicious Farmer John meats. Farmer John may have started in Southern California in 1931, but now the whole country knows about Irish brothers Francis and Bernard Clowardy's expertise with a knife. They started with just a few pork bellies, and thanks to Farmer John's world-famous Dodger dogs, look at them now. By far the most Smooth. delicious stadium hot dog, if you ask lots of people out there who've been all over Major League Baseball, oh, wow. they're now available in all participating AMPM store locations. Take it from the AMPM Tomb Dog Tomb Gis Dodger Dogs. Yeah, Tomb Gis are too much stuff. It, wait, didn't you say you hated these things last Friday? No, I love them. Uh-huh. I'm going to be looking for a mouth-watering Dodger dog this spring, and you should be too. Go to FarmerJohn.com. That? That's FarmerJohn.com. Who will lie for you? I will lie for you. Look at that. Like, not even a blink. No, I love them. And I did change the copy there, though, because it was supposed to be about how much I love the Dodger dog. Yeah, dogs. you pulled a big-time Dick Cheney move right there. And, and then I said, look, a lot of other people say it's good. But you want to know what it kind of sells job I will do. I just blatantly lied about how much I loved them because um, I thought they were spending a lot of money with us. <laughs> I am going to now transition into what I was talking about earlier before I got got for uh, for April Fool's Day. I need to use that on my kids, by the way. My kids, I don't think they're going to be aware that today is April is April Fool's. It kind of sneaks up on people, I feel like, when it's a Monday and you change into a new month. So uh, I got to think of a prank to get my kids with when uh, when they wake up here in the house this morning. Um, I'm going to think on that. Uh, people have any ideas, they can uh, they can shoot me a line. Um, but this Chris Porzingis story, have you guys been paying attention to this? Like, I think it kind of dropped in the middle of the weekend and the NCAA tournament's going on, and so it didn't get as much attention as maybe it would have if it had happened on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And this is pretty wild. This this is crazy. Um, the uh, Chris Porzingis on the day that he tore up his knee, was alleged to have sexually assaulted a woman in his building in New York City. And... Um, the, the the story has not gone public at all until I believe the New York Post had a story about it on Saturday. And it turns out that this was well known around the NBA. I can't believe this story didn't come out beforehand and that the Dallas Mavericks knew about the allegation when they made the trade with the Knicks to bring in Porzingis. Now, Porzingis is denying it. And I thought this was the most intriguing part of this story so far, the NBA Players Association uh, lead director, Michelle Roberts, said uh, yesterday, we have been aware of these allegations for some time, have evaluated the accuser's claims, and based on what is presently before us, stand with Chris Stapps. Now, this is really intriguing because can you imagine Roger Goodell issuing a statement like this? I I applaud if if this turns out to be correct. I applaud the NBA Players Association for and their executive director standing up for Kristaps Porzingis. But I wonder how much of this has to do with the NBA PA having a woman 
at the head of it that allows her to make this statement in this modern Me Too era. Because if Roger Goodell or if his counterpart, who represents the NFLPA, they're both guys, if they had come out, DeMorris Smith, I believe, is the head of the NFL's Players Association, if I'm not mistaken, if they had come out and aggressively supported an NFL player who was accused of sexual assault, they would get crushed. I mean, raked over the coals for not believing this woman. But so far, and maybe it's just because this story happened over the weekend and this statement was just made yesterday, so far I haven't seen very much discussion about this. But I applaud the NBA PA for making this statement. I also wonder if the only reason they could make this statement is because there's a woman in charge of the NBA Players Association. Because right now we're in this strange and I think scary universe where you're supposed to believe every woman automatically if she makes an allegation. And I think that's terrifying. In the same way that I would think it's terrifying if you're supposed to believe every man when he says it didn't happen. And this is me putting on my lawyer hat now. You have to look aggressively at all of the allegations and all of the details associated with it before you can say one way or the other what your opinion is. And I think you need to be really careful with this. But we have created in the world of sports a situation where executives are never able to say, you know what, I don't believe the woman. I think she's lying. Some women lie. Some men lie. And this is about as aggressive of a statement as I have seen anybody in an executive level make surrounding an allegation of criminal conduct and a player. Jerry Jones may have come close with Ezekiel Elliott. And if you remember, I read all the evidence in the Ezekiel Elliott case and I defended him pretty aggressively on this show because I said I didn't think it rose to the level that he deserved to be suspended for six games. Um, Jerry Jones, I don't think, questioned the woman. I think he just said that Ezekiel Elliott, he didn't think had done anything wrong and deserved to be suspended. When you say we stand with Chris Dapps, again, this is a pretty aggressive statement from the NBA Players Association. We have been aware, this is Michelle Roberts, the head of the NBA Players Association. We have been aware of these allegations for some time, have evaluated the accuser's claims, and based on what is presently before us, stand with Chris Dapps. That's her basically saying this woman is lying. And I don't know all the evidence in this case. I probably haven't been as privy to it as Michelle Roberts has. But that's a strong statement, and I give props to her for coming out in defense of a player. Now, I also wonder, like I said, is there any way if the head of the NBA Players Association is a man that that statement gets released? I have my severe doubts that anybody would have ever issued a statement like that if there was a man at the head of the NBA PA because he'd be afraid of getting me too. I really do believe. You guys hear this statement? Uh, and, and I mean, that's about it. Maybe you guys can think of one that's more aggressive than this. Can you remember an executive coming out as, as hard in favor of a player as Michelle Roberts is in favor of Chris Stapps Porzingis here? 
No. I mean, that's pretty aggressive, her statement, right? She's basically saying this woman's lying. Anybody else? I mean, <laughs> Eddie Garcia, Roberto, uh, Dub, anybody else remember an executive-ranked individual coming out this? And, and again, it's not even a team official. Because a lot of times that might happen where, you know, a team will say, hey, we believe in our guy. We're, you know, like, and that's sometimes might happen, but not that often. I don't ever remember a commissioner or the head of a players association coming out this aggressively in favor of a player. We'll talk about that. I'll, I'll open up the phone lines. Maybe one of you out there can think of a situation like this. But this is strong from Michelle Roberts. It's about as aggressive as a union can be in defending a member, particularly in this day and age when sexual assault is the allegation. Uh, 877-996-6369. We'll take your calls when we come back. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. I hate the Dodger dog on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Uh, we got a couple people who want to weigh in on this Kristaps Porzingis story as well as the aggressive defense by the head of the NBA PA, Michelle Roberts. Uh, who should we go to first, Danny G? Let's go to Eddie in Texas. Eddie in Texas. What's up, my man? Uh, good morning. Yeah, what you got? Yeah, I'm just going to say that let's don't get all uh, frilly about this young lady coming out and standing up for him. Uh, she, she, For a better choice of adjective, like I'm going to say cojones because that's whatever. Uh, she's got some evidence somewhere. She's got some real viable from a cop. Some, uh, But she also probably uh, got in touch with the NBA commissioner. And so she's not just stepping out and taking and saying this guy you know, didn't do this thing, and we're all behind him and everything. Because that'd be very risky on her part. She's oh, I mean, I, I get I get that, but the case hasn't been dismissed. So the, the New York Police Department and the DA, and I don't know what the status of the investigation from them is right now, but the case has not yet been dismissed. Now, Kristaps Porzingis says this is an extortion claim and uh, that the woman wants money, and that's why she's alleging that she was uh, sexually assaulted. The timing on it, I'll admit, sounds strange. If you tore up your knee in, uh, in a game, and then you sexually assault someone the same night, physically that seems difficult to do. I, I, and I don't know what his knee was, what kind of shape his knee was in, but most of the time when you tear up your knee, it swells up in a pretty substantial way. And the last thing you want to do, I would think, is be out on the town or be out socially anywhere, I would think. I've never, fortunately, never torn my ACL or anything else, but I know a lot of you out there listening have. And I bet most of you didn't go out to the bar or go out and hang out with people and then uh, end up in a criminal investigation the night that you tore up your knee. So that timing on it just seems suspicious to me in general. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Timing just seems suspicious. I just haven't ever seen anybody in the last several years come out this aggressively in a position like she did, and I don't think they would have done it. I don't think a male director of the PA would do it right now. I don't think he'd put his neck out like this. What else we got, Danny G? Let's go to Michael in Wyoming. Michael in Wyoming. What's up, my man? Great show, Clay. Great job so far. Appreciate that. Hey, I, just to follow up on that guy that just called, um, the Ben Maller show had uh, quite a section on this with the conflicting stories in the two New York newspapers. Yeah. 
one with extortion as being the motive, um, the other one being, you know, the assault charges, that it's actually been an ongoing relationship between Porzingis and this girl over the years since it's happened. And I can, I can tell you from personal experience, ter- tearing the ACL, they put you in the hospital the day it happens, and when the swelling goes down, then they operate on you the sooner the better. So, no, he would not be out on the town um, getting liquored up, you know, t- you know, trying to assault girls. So her timing, I think, is, is way off. And but we, we agree, you got to wait till the all the facts come out. But yeah, uh, look, I the phys- that- physically, could you still commit sexual assault with a torn ACL? I'm sure the answer is yes. I'm sure the answer is yes. But it seems like an improbable scenario that was laid out there. But I'm not even getting into analyzing all the facts in this case right now to me the most fascinating part about it is one the Dallas Mavericks who had a massive investigation into their culture and how inappropriate it was from a sexually harassive basis knew about this allegation and still traded for Chris Depp's Porzingis so that's an aggressive move by Mark Cuban and the Mavs organization two Everybody seems to have known about this, and it didn't go public until now. And three, the NBA Players Association coming out aggressively to defend Porzingis here is something that you don't see, frankly, very often. And and that's what I'm kind of pointing to. I don't remember an NHL Players Association rep coming out and defending an NHL player in an allegation like this. I don't remember an NFL Player Association rep doing it. I don't remember a Major League Baseball Player Association uh, head doing it. This is pretty aggressive on Michelle Roberts' part. And if she knows enough of the evidence and she has looked at it, props to her for not immediately saying, well, we have to believe every allegation. Because every allegation is not true. Sometimes, especially when you're dealing with powerful and rich athletes, women lie. It happens. That was my thing with the Brett Kavanaugh case. It's like, believe all women. That was like the hashtag, right? Hashtag, believe all women. I'm like, that's crazy. A hashtag, believe all men would be equally crazy. So I think this is a pretty aggressive move by Michelle Roberts, but it's also, if she's right here, I think an encouraging sign because we've got people actually looking at facts as opposed to believing people based on the fact that they're women or based on the fact that they're men. It's one of the first things you'll learn in law school. Only three things matter in every case. The facts, the facts, the facts. Michelle Roberts has looked at the facts and she's willing to defend Porzingis. More power to her, but I've never seen this happen before, at least not in modern history with a major Players Association league executive. And I think a big reason why she felt comfortable saying this is because she's a woman. I don't know that a man would feel comfortable risking his job over this in the way that she is aggressively defending Porzingis. We come back, back into the Elite Eight, the new Final Four. We'll dive into the weekend that was in college basketball and OutKick. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Appreciate you spending your morning with us here on OutKick. The Elite Eight took place on Saturday and Sunday. Four phenomenal games. We now have our final four set. Congratulations to Texas Tech 
and to Auburn are on advancing to their first ever Final Fours. Virginia outlast Purdue in overtime and, man, pretty incredible ending in the Michigan State and Duke game with Michigan State advancing as well. Let me unpack and unspool some of what we saw that took place on Saturday and Sunday. First of all, uh, I I know there's going to be a lot of talk about Duke and their performance down the stretch uh, of that game, which went back and forth, uh, a a nail-biter in both directions. Uh, Coach Izzo was 1-11 coming into this game against uh, Mike Krzyzewski over time. And uh, instead, down the stretch, Michigan State gets the win. They were down one, drilled a three-pointer, then got a stop. Uh, This is from Roger Sherman at the ringer. Duke lost three games with Zion Williamson in the lineup this year. R.J. Barrett went 0-for-9 in the final minute of those three games. The rest of the team had three total shots. Zion had one. Now, Zion did pass to R.J. Barrett to allow him, I believe, to attempt that three-point shot, which was the uh, the last attempted uh, shot that really went up for uh, for Duke in that game. Pretty intriguing that Zion did not demand the basketball down the stretch in those games where they ended up losing. So Zion Williamson now off to uh, to the uh, NBA draft lottery. We will wait to see. I think in May. I think in May is the official NBA draft lottery when we find out what the order of picks will be. I believe that will be sometime in May, uh, late May, and then the NBA draft will be in late June. Zion off for the uh, off to the NBA. We'll see how exactly he projects going forward. Big hit for television executives to lose both Duke and Kentucky in the space of one day on Sunday, as they did. Um, I thought that Bruce Pearl, uh, who we will have on this show later this week was absolutely fantastic in the way that he got his team to perform coming off of the loss of uh, Chuma uh, like they did to perform as well as as they did down the stretch. They beat the three winningest programs in the history of college basketball, Kansas, UNC, and Kentucky in back-to-back-to-back games. I believe that John Calipari is the most overrated coach in all of college basketball. Through 10 years now with Kentucky, he has one national championship. Kentucky is paying him $9 million a year. $9 million a year, more than anybody else to coach in college basketball. And it's a wild stat here to put in perspective how much talent he has had. But in those 10 years... There have been nine NBA drafts so far. Kentucky has had 25 first-round picks. Duke has had 17. UNC has had 10. So Kentucky has had, by itself, almost as many first-round players as Duke and UNC have combined. That's how much talent John Calipari has amassed at Kentucky, all for just one championship Roy Williams has three titles at UNC. Coach K has two at uh, at Duke. Imagine how many titles either of those guys would have if they had combined Duke and UNC into one program. Because effectively, that's how talented Kentucky has been. The first round talent of Duke and UNC combined 
equals the first-round talent that John Calipari has had at Kentucky over the past 10 years. That is uh, pretty wild. Now, uh, of the players that are on into uh, the the Final Four this year, there are almost none. There are no one-and-done players and only one real two freshman uh, two freshman starters on those four teams combined Michigan State Auburn Texas Tech and Virginia combined to have two freshman starting period no one and done players at all probably Texas Tech is the only team I would say who has a lottery pick here at all on any of uh, of the teams got to be really optimistic if you are Chris Beard uh, at Texas Tech Probably the best young coach in college basketball. What he has done in Lubbock has been phenomenal uh, to go in the Elite Eight last year, replace almost his entire team. Culver's obviously very, very talented and will be that lottery pick. But to come back the next year and go to the team's first ever, school's first ever Final Four is pretty extraordinary. Now, uh, there are a couple of down-the-stretch kind of controversial moments I would say that the most controversial moment down the stretch was uh, the decision by Purdue to foul up three with about five seconds to go against uh, UVA. First free throw is made. Second one is missed. Gets back tapped all the way into the backcourt. Incredible pass leading to a uh, to a jumper at the buzzer. UNC goes on, survives in – I mean, sorry, UVA goes on, survives in overtime – and goes back to the Final Four for the first time since the 1980s. Was the right decision by Matt Painter made in that situation? I think yes. And that's because you play the probability in those scenarios. I love fouling when you are up three with around five or six seconds left. What UVA did to put that game into overtime is infinitely less uh, probable than just coming down and draining a three, which if you watch that game at all, the three-point shot was just off the charts. I mean, Carson Edwards, the shots that he made uh, and the run that he had in the uh, in the NCAA tournament in general, making 28 threes over four games was about as good as it gets from the guard position. Now, I want to bring in the crew. Does it make me a bad person? that I feel better about my team losing Tennessee because the guy who basically beat Tennessee in the Sweet 16 was Ryan Klein. He hit seven out of ten three-point shots. He basically disappeared in the game against UVA. And he his missed free throw is really, if you want to go back and change any one play, if he makes his free throw, then Purdue is probably a huge percentage chance that they are in the Final Four. Does it make me a bad person that I was ecstatic that he missed that free throw? No. This is why it's good to be a fan of your teams. So this 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 helped to bring me back. I had yes, a big discussion on Friday about saying. how I was thinking about retiring as a fan. But when Ryan Klein missed that free throw, I felt like <laughs> karmic justice had returned because I was – that guy had the game of his life. He had 7 of 10 – the shots weren't even remotely open. Like he just couldn't miss against Tennessee. Yep. And so in the long run, the difference, I don't think there's that much of a difference between making the Sweet 16 and making the Elite Eight. What you want to do is make the Final Four, right? There's a big difference between making the Sweet 16 
and making the Final Four. The Elite Eight, it probably almost just hurts a little bit more to get to the Elite Eight and then not make the Final Four. So the fact that that guy's final shot of his college career is now going to be a missed free throw that cost his team a trip to the Final Four, I feel like I got some karmic justice there. <laughs> yeah, I called it. I told you he was going to pull a Fletcher McGee, and he did. Yeah, well, he hit and, the first two shots he took. He drained two threes, and then he missed the next yeah. five shots and disappeared in the game. Oh, he went And then quiet. missed the free throw that yeah. would have put his team into the final four. He went way quiet after that first flurry. And, and I, I know that me and the other listeners were all thinking uh, about you watching that game and rooting against him. And how it must have at least put a smile on your face after all the dramatics that you went through on Friday. But I do, I do wonder, is it dubbed, does it make me a bad person that I was rooting for him to fail? Absolutely not. And this just kind of proves the point. I mean, you're a Tennessee fan, and there's nothing really you can do about that. I mean, there, there's no situation ever that will happen, even if I don't want to be an Auburn fan or a Spurs fan. I mean, I, I am in it for the long haul, and I just have, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, but you're a young man, 25 he, years old. Yeah, I'm 25, so I guess if I had uh, you know, 15 more years of, of heartbreak, it, it could change, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, look, I mean, the older you get, I think the harder it is to, uh, to, to get as fired up about being a fan because the players get so much younger than you. Uh, I turned 40 on Saturday. Like, the idea that, you know, Zion Williamson is 18 years old, the idea that I would allow an 18-year-old in any way other than somebody in my family to impact the way that I feel – it's kind of crazy the older you get. Like, I understand if it's one of your kids or if, you know, you got one of those kind of situations. But for a total stranger who's that much younger than you, I think it gets harder to uh, to kind of get yourself wrapped up in the fandom. But I did love Ryan Klein missing that shot. I mean, I, I when he missed the free throw and then Purdue lost, I, I took some joy in it. I'm not going to lie. And I also loved, I still got some joy in uh, the fact that um, that Purdue fans were complaining about officiating after they got absolute, you know, gifted a three-point foul call uh, at the end of that game against Tennessee, in my opinion. I think we got some calls you want to weigh in, but, but Roberto, are you with me? Like, does that make me a bad person or is that uh, totally par for the course? It's totally par for the course, Clay. Welcome back. Could be that I'm a bad person. What about you, Eddie Garcia? What do you think about uh, my decision there? No, I think the uh, what is it? The Schadenfreude. We all yes. have that as as sports fans. We take the uh, pleasure in the misery of others. Or welcome back, like they said. I just wanted him to be back to normal, right? I just wanted him to circle back around and and have to acknowledge that he had the game of his life to ruin my team's season. And then I love the fact that, sadly, for the rest of his life. His final shot as a Purdue Boilermaker was a free throw that he missed that would have put them into the Final Four for the first time since like 1984, 1980, whatever it was. I love that he's going to have that hanging over him as he becomes, as one of my friends said, an insurance agent in 18 months somewhere in the state of Indiana. Uh, what have you? Uh, what have you got for me on the phone lines? Well, you were having that good debate about the most overrated coach, Coach Cal yeah, or Coach Harbaugh. Yeah, the poll question is up. Who's the most overrated coach? Uh, to me, there's overrated, most overrated college football coach in America yep. is Jim Harbaugh. And people who listen to this show know that I've been making that argument for a while. Uh, but I also think that John Calipari is the most overrated coach in college basketball when you consider the amount of talent he's had and the results and somebody wants to weigh in still on that. Yeah. He's been waiting a while. Let's go to Michigan, actually. Travis is on hold. Travis, what's up? 
Clay, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. I, I got two things. First, obviously, on the poll question, uh, Calipari versus Harbaugh. You know, uh, you definitely make a great point for Calipari being the most overrated with the amount of talent and the results he gets. But national championship, national runner-up, multiple Final Fours, multiple conference championships versus Harbaugh, who is 0-4 against Ohio State and 1-3 in bowl games. That's pretty overrated. Uh, he is treated like he walks on water. Even even up here to a degree, the fans are finally kind of starting to turn in. Oh, this is unacceptable. But, uh, you know, people act like he is Nick Saban instead of uh, Brady Hoke 2.0. And yeah. it's way closer to that. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the, the, the thing with Harbaugh is if you're willing to consider his NFL tenure, and if you're willing to consider what he did at Stanford, then his overall then his overall resume, I think, is comparable to Calipari's, right? Because I think it's just as hard, if not harder, to go to the Super Bowl than it is to win an NCAA basketball championship, right? Uh, and certainly to take Stanford uh, to a uh, to a BCS Bowl back in the day, uh, later to whatever it is, a New Year's Six Bowl, would be pretty impressive. But if you just look at their tenure at their respective schools, uh, Harbaugh at Michigan has been nothing short of maybe what, like on the scale of one to ten, a six or a seven relative to being treated like he is a clone of Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney. He's nowhere near either of those guys. Now, maybe he's going to be able to beat Ryan Day finally. Maybe finally he'll get past Ohio State in year five. But so far, he hasn't been very close. And that last play, that last game they got, they got run. And then Harbaugh got destroyed by Florida in uh, the bowl game as well. And I think that left a lot of people, myself included, saying, man, as if we didn't already think Michigan was insanely overhyped relative to Harbaugh, what they've done when they've actually played against top competition is pretty pathetic. Now, what I think serves in favor of uh, Calipari being overrated is what I talked about before. He's been there a decade and he's basically had the same amount of talent as Duke and UNC combined. So if you think about how much talent John Calipari has, and it's kind of difficult to even think about all of it, imagine if you took an all-star team of Duke and North Carolina over the last 10 years. That's basically the same number of first-round picks as John Calipari by himself has had. And think about how good that Duke-UNC all-star team would be. And imagine that you only won one national championship with that Duke-UNC all-star team. That would be pretty hard to manage, right? Considering Coach K has two titles by himself and Roy Williams has three titles by himself. Those two guys have combined to win five titles in the last 11 years, I believe it is, or close to it, or four titles in the last 10 or 11 or whatever it is. A huge number. They have five titles combined. Imagine that you took over the last 10 years an all-star roster of Duke-UNC. How many championships do you think a Duke-UNC all-star roster? In other words, if you made that one team, how many championships do you think those guys would have? More than one? Five? Six? A lot, right? John Calipari has one. How many? It's a good, it's a good question, a good debate question for you guys. I'll start with you, Dub. If you combined Duke and UNC's roster for the last ten years, 
How many national championships do you think that that roster would have? I mean, it's got to be a minimum of three, I would say. Absolute minimum. I would probably lean four or five. Well, you know that they would have a minimum of three because by themselves, they've gotten four of the last 11. Yeah, I'll go go four. So I'll I mean, go minimum four. I, I mean, four would basically just be the same thing that they've already done. So I think it's minimum five because if they've already won four in the last 11 years, which is what they've done, you would think if you combined them for the last 10 years, four is your is your absolute floor. I mean, you would think that that would be an awful lot more. What about you, Danny G? Yeah, I'm going to say five. Five over under. Yep. I mean, I, I think that's fair. Eddie, what do you think? Five was the number I had in my head when you first when you first came up with that Roberto, question. Roberto, five. Okay, so if we roughly, let's say we're going to set the number at five. The fact that John Calipari has one with the same level of talent as Duke and UNC combined would have, that's why I say he's pretty credibly overrated. Because he has had basically the exact same number of first-round draft picks as Duke and UNC have combined over the last decade, and yet he has not been unable to win more than one game, more than one title. And the guys that have gone to Kentucky and been drafted, if you notice, they're much better players in the NBA also than they are than the Duke players that have gone to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, that's not even considering, like, I guess the next step could be, Dub, like, look at where the average draft position has been, because my bet would be that Kentucky's like they've had a lot of top five, a lot of lottery picks. My, if you just went lottery picks, it might even be more slanted in favor of Kentucky. And adding on to that, there's only been one year, 2011, where they've only had one first round pick. There's been at least two, more oftentimes three, four, and five first round picks per year, and just the one year in 2011 with only one. Yeah, no, I mean I think that is uh, that's certainly an argument to be uh, to be factored in here. And again. I, I think this is fascinating purely from an economic perspective. John Calipari's making $9 million a year. He's the highest paid coach in college basketball. And what's wild about this purely from a business perspective is that Kentucky football produces more revenue than Kentucky basketball. I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about how wild that is. Mark Stoops, and not just because Kentucky was actually good in football this year for the first time in 25 years or whatever it's been. Mark Stoops and Kentucky football produce more revenue than John Calipari and Kentucky basketball. So the $9 million a year that Kentucky is paying John Calipari is way, way out of whack when you consider the revenue and profit produced by basketball if they were paying Mark Stoops a same percentage of the revenue, he'd be making like $14 million a year. So this is not akin to, hey, Nick Saban makes a lot of money to coach uh, Alabama football. Well, Alabama football is a lot bigger business than Kentucky basketball. That's because football in general is just so much bigger than basketball. But the psychology of basketball in Kentucky is such that they insanely overpay John Calipari relative to the revenue that's produced by his program and certainly insanely overpay him relative to the results when you consider his salary overall particularly if you consider him say to somebody like Nick Saban who's won five titles in 10 years and it's infinitely harder I think to dominate football than it is to dominate basketball I just I don't even see those as remotely comparable what Nick Saban has done 
is without parallel in the history of the sport of football. John Calipari, average coach, great recruiter. And by the way, by great recruiter, do we really just mean good friend of Nike? Because it seems like the shoe companies are basically buying all the top players and sending them to these schools. It's a big article in the uh, Wall Street Journal this morning. I haven't read it yet, but I was just looking at it during our last break about Michael Avenatti and the war that he's about to enter into against Nike. Remember, so far, almost all the casualties in the shoe wars have been on the side of Adidas. Why have Nike schools pretty much escaped all of the blame, even though it's not like Adidas is bidding against itself? If Adidas was paying for guys to go to school and giving them money, you know Nike was doing the same thing. And the players that are getting paid, they're the ones getting drafted. So John Calipari is getting funneled a ton of NBA draft picks by Nike, and then he's not able to produce championships with them, and he just keeps running through them. Continue to break this down. I'll open up the phone lines. Anybody else wants to weigh in? 877-996-6369. Also, we haven't even hardly mentioned this. LeBron James shut down for the year. What kind of props, what kind of parlay could you have given me on Auburn still playing in April and LeBron James not playing in April? If we had been betting on that at the start of the college basketball and the NBA season, I think I would be able to retire if I had taken that prop bet. Um, and uh, also, we'll talk a little bit more about that Chris Depp's Porzingis matter. But again, open phone lines, 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. It's Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Uh, my guy, Jim Dunaway, we are celebrating Texas Tech and Auburn entering the Final Four for the first time in program history. Uh, Jim Dunaway, who does radio, Jocks 94.5, Birmingham, friend of mine. Most NCAA trips without a Final Four. Which teams have been to the NCAA tournament the most and not been able to advance the Final Four? BYU, 29 NCAA tournament trips. Xavier, 28. Missouri, 26. So Missouri is the biggest major conference team. Tennessee, 22. So you could make an argument that in the Power 5 conferences, Missouri and Tennessee are the most cursed. Western Kentucky, Creighton, Utah State, Alabama with 20 trips. Uh, St. Joseph's with 20 and Boston College with 18. Those are the most NCAA trips without a Final Four. Uh, I think we got people wanting to weigh in. Who you got for me, Danny G? Let's go to Kevin in Indiana. Kevin in Indiana, what's up? Hey, Clay, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what hey, you got? I, just wanted to, I wanted to comment on John Calipari. Uh, the only championship that he has won at Kentucky was thanks to an NBA lockout season. I think a lot of people overlooked that. Uh, why, why did that help him? It basically doubled up on his, uh, one and done talent. He kept, uh, he kept a sophomore, you know, one and done talent with, and teamed it up with Anthony Davis. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't remember that in particular. They, they didn't have the draft that year. I don't, I don't remember. I mean, they, they had the draft, but it was going to be an NBA lockout. Oh, and season, so some so guys came back. Sure. Some guys came back because yeah. they weren't sure about whether they'd be able to play in the NBA. Okay. Basically, that's interesting. Yeah, basically his whole team came back. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, it's intriguing. I don't remember that in particular. I do remember vaguely the the threat of the lockout, but I didn't remember the decisions that were made by the players. Who's next, Danny G? Brandon in Nebraska. Brandon, what's up? 
Hey, Clay, a couple things, man. Uh, one, appreciate the uh, reminder that Mizzou, I'm a Mizzou grad, that Mizzou and Tennessee are the two most cursed teams in the entire world. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. Second, yeah, secondly, man, the, the Calipari thing, what is more important to him, though? Honestly, does he sit on recruit couch, couches at, telling their, their parents and their, the players that they're going to go to the NBA or to win championships? I think for him, it's the NBA. I think that's what drives him. I don't know if Final Fours drive him. Yeah, I mean, he said that before. He said that he yeah. cares more about draft day than he does championship day uh, or the Final Four winning NCAA championships. I mean, I would submit that Kentucky fans disagree with that in a substantial magnitude. Uh, they want to win championships. They don't really care about where their guys get drafted. And honestly, let's be that's a little bit of a, uh, of, of a misnomer, I think, there by John Calipari. The more success your guys have on the basketball court in terms of wins and losses, the better it is for their draft future. I mean, there are lots of guys every year who get drafted higher than they otherwise would because they have a really good performance on the national stage. Carson Edwards is going to get drafted infinitely higher uh, because of his performance in these four NCAA tournament games than he would have without the NCAA tournament. And in fact, one of the, 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 the best predictors for overrating and overdrafting is guys who have really good three- or four-game runs in the NCAA tournament over get overdrafted. They've, they've looked at the numbers and said, we trust our eyes and get fooled by what we saw in those four games. The reality is you shouldn't adjust somebody's draft stock that much based on what you see in the NCAA tournament, right? Because you have 30-plus games to look at a guy and decide what you think of him Yes, more eyeballs are on you in the NCAA tournament, and those are quote-unquote big games, but it should just be factored in. You know, if you just entirely make a decision on Zion Williamson or anybody else based on the NCAA tournament, that's a fallacy of your logic. You should look at every single game he played and get a better picture of him uh, than just rely on what happens in the NCAA tournament. But over and over again, we use the NCAA tournament as an arbiter, and it's where you can make a lot of money. Because when the big lights are on, people overvalue those performances. And so if you perform well, you can get a higher draft stack st- status. What's next? All right, last up here, Jason in Kentucky. Jason, what's up? Yeah, so uh, I'm a big UK fan, but I try to uh, – I, I get disappointed every year with how we finish in the tournament with so much talent like what John Calipari has. But am I am I crazy for thinking that or am I – because we've been to so many Elite Eights and have so many good runs. but And also, um, some of the teams that Coach K's had at Duke that's been the most talented team haven't won it either. So does does playing for John Calipari make these guys actually better? Or is he just getting these kids that are already ready? Or I think, I think look, I mean, John Calipari, we, to me the stat that is, that is tough to overcome is John Calipari – in his 10 years at Kentucky, has had almost the same number of number one draft picks as Duke and UNC combined. So if you just look at it in terms of sheer talent, basically Kentucky has been a Duke-UNC all-star team. That That's the way you could think of it is. Like the Kentucky basketball team has been so talented that they are basically the equivalent of the best of Duke and UNC combined into one team. And when you look at it that way, in terms of the sheer talent that Calipari has had, one title is really not very good, right? I mean, it's it's a very difficult standard 
that one title is all he's produced. And so I think anybody's upset when their team doesn't win a championship, but I think you're more upset when you feel like your team had championship-level talent and didn't rise to a championship level. And I think that's been the case with Kentucky a lot. Um, and I think that's because ultimately John Calipari is a better recruiter and manager than he is in-game coach. I think that John Calipari got coach circles around by Bruce Pearl in that Elite Eight game. If I just had to pick a coach for one big game, I would rather have Bruce Pearl than John Calipari. And I'm not sure that John Calipari is a top 10 coach if you just put him on the bench and say, hey, coach this game, get ready for this game, prep your team. And I think that's where he gets exposed eventually in the NCAA tournament. He's got more talent than almost everybody that he plays against. His team is better. Go look at how many times he's been favored in NCAA tournament games. 95% of the time in his tenure at Kentucky? It's rare that he's an underdog. Most of the time, they haven't lived up to expectations. That's why I think he's overrated. Maybe not Jim Harbaugh level overrated, but certainly overrated. We come back. LeBron James not playing for the rest of the year. I don't think we've updated this yet, right? We updated the Lakers being eliminated from playoffs, but now we got to pour one out for LeBron. It's the final L.A. Bron of the year when we come back on OutKick. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back in. Final segment, Monday edition. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Thanks for spending your time with OutKick on this Monday morning, Final Four Monday, after everybody is set. We're here in the Geico OutKick studios. Uh, w dove into, uh, we're asking that question about Kentucky and whether fans should be happy with one title in 10 years from John Calipari. Uh, and you looked up the numbers over the nine years, 10 full seasons, the 10th year of the draft will be in June. Uh, but DeJean Calipari's now been at Kentucky for a decade. He's won one title during that time. So far, he's had 25 first-round picks. Duke and UNC have combined for 27. So basically, Kentucky is a Duke-UNC all-star team when it comes to overall draft picks. Uh, and uh, you also looked at top 10 picks and found that Kentucky has more top 10 picks than Duke-UNC combined over the past decade? Yeah, that's correct. And one thing that really stood out that honestly shocked me, UNC has had one top 10 pick in the past nine NBA drafts. That'd be Harrison Barnes in 2012. Duke has nine, Kentucky has 12 uh, top 10 picks. That is pretty wild. I think that would surprise a lot of people because you assume that UNC has Kentucky and Duke-level talent. And the fact that they've only had one lottery pick in the last decade, Roy Williams got three titles there. I mean, that speaks pretty well for Roy Williams' ability to develop the talent and uh, and get the most out of it, considering he hasn't had that elite lottery level uh, picks like Kentucky and Duke have. Yeah, one hundred percent. That just, like you said, speaks to Roy Williams and his ability to to coach some basketball. By the way, I tagged you on Twitter. Rip your mentions. You're going to be unable to uh, to keep up with all the things that people are going to be saying in response to the tweet that I sent citing you. I'm just excited for the followers, Clay. Yeah. Good luck. Um. All right. So, 
We've been doing this thing called the L.A. Braun all year because everybody was so excited about LeBron James going to the Lakers and what it was going to mean to the City of Angels and what it could mean for the Lakers and LeBron and everything else. I think it's fair to say that this first season with the Lakers has been an unmitigated disaster. And uh, officially, we eliminated the last time we did L.A. Braun. I thought it was going to be the final segment of the year because the Lakers had been eliminated from the playoffs. But now the Lakers have decided not to play LeBron James the rest of the way for the season. So this will be our final L.A. Braun officially of the year. L.A. Braun on the DL. I don't even know what they call it now. Uh, He's hung up uh, to dry here for the remainder of the season. Let's cue the music, boys. L.A. I got, I got, I got, I got. From the first show in the country to predict hashtag future Laker. Instead of three hours of it, Clay Travis captures all the mania in three minutes. LeBron has picked up the circus tent and it has followed him wherever he has gone. LeBron doesn't even make it to April. People are like, oh, LeBron's going to make the playoffs. Oh, LeBron's going to win a series. LeBron doesn't make the playoffs. He doesn't even make it to play until April. Danny G, defend your boy. You just don't like LeBron. That's been obvious since you've been on the radio years and years ago. Here's the thing. Weeks ago, a lot of people thought they should have shut LeBron down once you could tell that the Lakers were out of contention. A few days ago, a non-team doctor out of Beverly Hills said LeBron's groin injury was so severe that he should have missed six months. So if he didn't look right when he came back, he was playing through pain. The quit trying for Zion sweepstakes, they started a, a few weeks back. So is what is, this, what is, is the this Lakers' really chance of news? getting Zion 3%? No, now it's 5%. Oh, it's bumped up a little yeah. bit? Yeah. This losing they've been on in the, in, the, uh, in the final weeks of the season has paid off, at least for lottery ball chances. Man, can you imagine? Now, they screwed up yesterday. Without LeBron, the Lakers beat the Pelicans 130-102. to Can you you imagine if the Lakers won the lottery, how much people would say it was rigged? Well, people are going to say it's rigged even if the Knicks win the lottery. So yeah, but at least the Knicks are bad. I mean, the the you know like at the top of the list of most likely to win it. Um, If the if the Lakers came out of you know what they'll be three spots where they could theoretically move up into, but if they won the lottery overall and got the number one pick. Back in the day, they said they had the frozen envelope with yeah. Patrick Ewing, right? Like that—that—that's that, how the Knicks ended up with Ewing. This would be like next level stuff. If, Hashtag future Laker. If, Can you imagine Zion rocking the purple and gold? Well, I, I think honestly, what would happen if they if they got Zion? I think they would trade LeBron. I wouldn't be against that if they got Zion, right? I mean, but don't you think? Because then the team is insanely young. Yeah. And unless you think that over the next two or three years, maybe, maybe Zion would be that good, that he could be the difference maker with LeBron. But I would think well, he would imagine, have a lot of growing pain. Yeah, imagine all the pieces you could put around Zion by trading LeBron. That's what I'm saying. And you could build for the next four or five years as opposed to trying to rush everything and compete for a championship immediately with a guy that young. But anyway, Zion now done. He's on the shelf for college, he can join LeBron on the shelf, who is also not playing for the rest of yeah. the year. We'll see what ends up happening there. Appreciate all the time. 
We've got loaded shows coming to you this week. We'll talk with uh, Bruce Pearl. I believe on Wednesday he's scheduled to join us. Uh, Final Four uh, now coach Bruce Pearl. Tomorrow we got Petros Papadakis, and we will talk with Alex Marvez. All that and more. Appreciate you joining us. Go download the, download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss any episodes. Search out Clay Travis or OutKick on iTunes. This has been OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.